another Regrader Quest, where two college professors take a second look at questions and answers from around the internet and from you, the listener. My name is Professor Will McBurney. And my name is Professor Mark Sheriff. And time is a funny thing. COVID time is a funnier thing because we apparently have the Olympics again. <laughs> we do have the or, Olympics again, yes. Or, or, or as we fondly already started calling them, the cold games yeah. uh, here. Um, but it is so incredibly weird to, I, I feel like, didn't we just do this? Mm -hmm. We did just do this and we, we absolutely did. It hasn't even been like, like six months yet. And yeah, you know, seeing the, seeing the, uh, already, uh, the athletes that have had to pull out because of positive COVID tests. I'm like, ah, yes. Another COVID games. How, how lovely. But, um, the other thing that's happened in COVID recently, which I, I think is great is that um, the Moderna vaccine was fully approved. Did you see this? I did. I, and they got a name. <laughs> yes, I did see the name. It is... The um, name. It is, it, is, it is an interesting name. It is a name. It is... It is, it is you know, Vax. marketing is hard. Spike Vax sounds, sounds cool, though. Like, you know, like, it sounds like a vaccine that like rides a skateboard and listens to Spike punk rock. Oh. It was made in the nineties. I, so, I mean, you say marketing is hard and then we, we, we jump over to our good friends at, at Pfizer. Uh, and it's, do you, do you know how to pronounce community? No, I don't know how to pronounce it. That's so go ahead and spell That's it. That's how, you know, it's a good yeah. prescription medication. Go ahead if and you spell can't it. pronounce it. C-O-M-I-R-N-A-T-Y. Comernaty. Com comernity. Yeah, I I mean it's like it's it, it's like you just kind of rub your nose and comernity. See, that sounds like a vaccine that wears a a pocket protector and gets beaten up in school. Oh. So I'd I'd much well, rather have spike vax. I mean, it listens to you, bad religion. So I <laughs> I, I'm a, I'm a spike fax user. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, let's not go down that path because you've had a rough day with technology. Let's play a game. Okay. Because as you noted, marketing is hard. Naming medications is hard. And our good friends at Game Informer decided that there are a lot of medications that sound like the names of Pokemon. Okay. So we have 20 names here. 10 are Pokemon, 10 are prescription medication. Not a lot of thinking here. I want first guess, and let's see how you do. Okay, hang on. I, 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 I let me let me give the audience some preface here. I was nine when the first Pokemon game came out, so it's a target demo. Pretty sure I know all the names of the first one fifty one. I mean, I couldn't recite them, but Gen two and three, I remember playing. After that, it's 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 anyone's guess if I know the name. Anyone's game. Right. Well, you can you can flex. Okay. You can flex your Poke muscles. All right. Or finding these, po is it, is it, all right, Pokemon or prescription medication? Yes. Here we go. Acelgor. I'm pretty sure that's a Pokemon. You are correct. Benacar. Medication. That is medication. You are correct. Celebi. Uh, that is definitely a Pokemon. And you're definitely right. Celebrex. Uh, well, that is a pretty well-known medication. You are correct. Crestor. Crestor with a C? Crestor with a C. We're going alphabetical. Oh, okay. We're going alphabetical. Okay, then that is a medication. 
That is a medication, correct. Dumperidone. I'm going to go with Pokemon. That is incorrect. Oh. Illumize. Illumize? Illumize? Can you spell it? Illumize. I-L-L-U-M-I-S-E. That's a Pokemon. That is correct. Incivec. I have to guess that's a medication. And you would be correct. Genuvia. Starts with a G? J. J. Uh, medication? Medication. Lapara. So you've said Lapras. I know Pokemon. I'm going to go with medication. It is it is an evolved Lapras. It is a Pokemon. Wait, it, 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 Lapras evolves now? I'm not ready oh, for whatever. this world. Go, sorry, go ahead. I think, I think it, all right, I could be wrong about that. I think it's in the same same family. Levani. L-E-A-V-A-N-N-Y. Levani. That, what, what letter, I or Y at the end, sorry? That is a Y at the end. I'm going to go with Pokemon. You are correct. Ledian. Uh, Pokemon? Correct. Nidorina. Oh, that is definitely, that's Gen 1. That's, that's Pokemon. <laughs> that, that one was easy. Novolog. Medication. That is correct. Quilava. That's Gen 2, uh, so, so, Pokemon. Spiriva. Spiriva. Medication? Correct. Staravia. I think that's a Pokemon. You would be correct. Tranquil. Pokemon. Correct. Tricor. Medication. Correct. Vinblastine. That I that sounds like a Pokemon, which means it has to be a medication. And you would be right. It is medication. You got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 yeah. out of 20. That is very impressive. I, I should also note that my father is a doctor, so I actually knew some of those from things he's talked about. I knew a few of them from either commercials on MSNBC. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or th there is uh, there is a, uh, a, a a diabetic diabetes medication in here. I recognize that one. Mm -hmm. And uh, I feel like I should know Crestor from somewhere. I don't know. Maybe that was one that was on there. But anyway, thank you for playing my game. That was or, that was fun. I enjoyed that. More accurately, Game Informer's game. Yeah. So I actually I actually did enjoy that. Um. Okay. So on the topic of gaming. Uh, I finally got my NVIDIA 3080 graphics card. I actually got the, the I, one I wanted, which was the high-end uh, overclocked Asus one. So I actually mentioned this yeah. in last week's yeah. episode, saying that you were there because you were rebuilding your machine. So yeah. tell us all about it. Uh, well, uh, I, I will <laughs> once the parts arrive. They've been, oh. they've been taking the scenic route. They had uh, a layover in, in South Charleston, West Virginia, because of snow, which is odd because there was no snow that laid on the ground South Charleston, West Virginia. It was it was west of it. So, oh, well, hmm. um, so it's taken the scenic route, but hopefully it should, I have I have the the case. I have the graphics card. I had the motherboard lovingly thrown at my front door by a UPS driver uh, earlier today. But um, on the topic, it's been really hard to get these 30 
uh, 30 series graphics cards, these NVIDIA 30 series. And Mm -hmm. so much so that, you know, you have an issue with scalpers. Um, When they do go on sale at MSRP, you get a bunch of people buying them up just to sell them on eBay. And my question is, or the question I found, I see, I saw multiple times on Reddit, which is, is it worth buying a pre-built gaming PC to get a graphics card? I have asked, I've literally asked the same question to myself because, I mean, my machine's not bad, mm-hmm. but I'm always going to keep looking to buy something yeah. else. Because, and so, you know, I go to these places like I buy power mm-hmm. or, um, oh, there's there's a whole handful of them. I look and they're like, they've got the 3070s in these mm-hmm. machines. They've got them. Yeah. Should I? So real quick, we, we don't have any expectation of ever being sponsored by Dell, right? <laughs> of being sponsored yeah period okay good okay um no is is most likely the answer and and so oh, okay first hmm. i will say i have bought a uh not a it was a customizable pre-built but it was a pre-built desktop i have bought one when i was a junior in undergrad and i was really worried about screwing up the computer build and at that time i bought alienware which i'm gonna tell you now you should never buy um, and there's a, there's a very specific reason with Alienware. It is more than anything else. The machines they build are designed to be incredibly aesthetically pleasing. And that's a stretch. I've looked at these well, machines. Okay. Maybe not aesthetically pleasing, <laughs> but aesthetically outlandish. They're, they're designed okay, they're to stand to out in a room. Cool gamer machines. Right. The issue is most of them have horrific cooling. Um, even one, I was going to say bloatware, yeah. but also, well, so here's the thing. When I bought it, this was while Alienware was still a separate, like it was a subsidiary of Dell, not just a Dell brand. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. they were still yeah. their mm-hmm. own company. So when I bought it, uh, it was a company that was generally like, if you're going to go pre-built, it's okay. Um, you can still pick your custom parts and all that. But first is most liquid cooling systems aren't actually liquid cooling systems. In fact, very few are. They're all air cooling. They just use water to get the heat from the processor to a radiator. So you still rely on airflow and fans. The problem is kind of outlandish nature of like specifically Alienware, it tends to not have very good airways. And so you're kind of stuck with a weaker system. But the bigger issue is Companies know, hey, people will buy a whole computer just to get this graphics card. Hey, we have a lot of stock that we need to get rid of. This was a particular issue where uh, Newegg um, was doing a lot of pre-built computers with gigabyte power supply units that were known to have a high failure rate and a dangerous uh, failure potential, a fire damage potential. And in, if you bought the pre-built computer, you couldn't say, well, the power supply went bad. Let me fix it. In a lot of cases, they were saying you had to send back the whole unit or they would pop. But or if you bought not a pre-built computer, but a power, but a bundle, it would come with that not in demand product. Huh? And what? Well, OK, hmm. so so that that was specifically Newegg. But e- e- if you get into things like Dell or HP with pre-built, 
it's even worse because they're they're using custom parts that are typically just not up the snuff. So they'll say like, oh, you want 16 gigs of RAM? Here you go. And and they'll find just the cheapest single stick well, they can find on the floor. of 16 gig RAM <laughs> and they'll put one card in and they'll say, oh, it's, it's dual channel because the motherboard is, but with only one memory stick, it's it's not dual channel. Um, power supplies are notoriously weak. Um, the the big issue is a lot of the parts end up being custom enough. They're hard to replace. So, so I can certainly. OK, well, let me yeah. let me jump in because I can certainly see this. Mm-hmm. I mean, this sounds very negative. Like I can see this with with your your bigger name companies or things like that. But what about some of these boutique places that really pride themselves on trying to like, oh, yeah, we are really trying to build the yeah. perfect machine. And you see them do the cool, you know, cable stuff. I right. mean, it, is this that pervasive or is it really just your big, big boxy sort of places? So, almost? so certainly the big box is worse. One of the things you need to be careful of, like I went. So I went to Best Buy to to buy some fans because the fans in my 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 existing desktop went bad and I'm handing it off to my wife. So I wanted to make sure it didn't, you know melt um and you're such a loving when i look at the setups they have go into best buy and look at like the motherboard and the memory and you'll see it's really really like low end but they'll have like the nvidia rtx card in the you know that's visible and that's effectively what you're buying the computer for um that and maybe the processor but you, you gotta make sure that you're looking past the processor and the um the you know nvidia 3080 or whatever you really want to look at things like what's the motherboard and what's its chipset do a little bit of research on that look at not just what the amount of memory is um but the speed of it so for instance if it says 32 gigabytes of ddr4 ram but it gives you one or like 16 gigabytes of ddr4 ram if it only gives you one stick and it's a very low frequency, it may not be a particularly good uh, stick of RAM. Um, also, it's you're not having at least two sticks of RAM gives you a lot better efficiency. Um, what I would honestly say, though, is that building a computer is not as hard as it sounds. Uh, when I finally bit the bullet and did it for the first time, it was a lot easier than I was worried about. There's a lot of really good YouTube channels out there for for getting assistance on that. Um, but really look past the top line items, especially the power supply. Power supplies on on pre-built, at least certainly for big companies, tend to be pretty bad. Um, so you got to look at the at the small items, not just the big items. No, I I agree with you that it's not nearly as hard. Mm-hmm. as as you might think it is and, and in fact it's gotten it's gotten substantially better or easier mm-hmm. um in just in recent years just because it, it, the, the type of cards that you place in there has become more and more obvious where things slot in i mean i remember having to remember oh this is an isa slot card mm-hmm. versus a, a different type of slot card you had to make sure there were the right number of pins and things like that and in fact if um you know if someone listening has you know, uh, a, a, a kid, a friend, uh, you know, nephew, niece, you know, whoever that is into technology, you know, this, this is kind of like a, the high, high level maker space. Yeah. Almost. yeah. I mean, but because 
you get you get into it. You get into doing the research of oh well, why would I choose Intel versus you know an AMD Ryzen processor? Mm -hmm. And you know that unto itself is an interesting question. And then if someone took the time and they're really interested in it to look into it, like oh the Ryzen might well back in the day, last time I did this, AMD's ran hotter than Intel, mm -hmm. and so. You know, how would that affect other things that you wanted to get? And and it can be a project, mm -hmm. a fun project to 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 pick out the parts and save up for the parts and, and put it together. And yeah, I've done it a couple mm -hmm. times now. Uh, the machine that I'm using right now is actually one that I kind of I don't um perma borrowed from my office at UVA. <laughs> are we are we admitting to uh, a felony here or no, I'm still an employee of UVA. Yeah. It can be returned at any time. Um, along with my laptop. Yeah. Um, what what I will but, but what I will say is it's I think it's okay to buy a pre-built, but I would go to a a a website that is a custom boutique where you have to pick all the parts. That way oh, you yeah. see what you are getting. But beware with that because the thing is is that when you're picking parts, sometimes the increase in price that you get is is significantly more than the increase in price in the part, which is a bit of a scam just because it's not like it's harder to install uh, a, a, a better power supply unit. Like if the power supply unit costs $50 more to get the better one, but they charge you 80 more dollars to install it. It's the same power supply in terms of the, or it's the same installation process. So it's not worth that extra $30, but you know, that's just something to kind of be aware of with those. I don't know. Sometimes I think that $30 might be worth for the few times I, for the times I've built my own machine, mm -hmm. just to have someone else do the cables. Right. Well, yeah. Ca because my cabling is just the hard a, part. Yeah. Cabling is the but hard I, part. But, but what I would say, start with that pre-built that you still pick the parts and then modify it over time. Just realize that your motherboard and your processor are pretty much tied together at the hip. Uh, and your power supply unit can be a pain to replace if it's not modular. But outside of that, you can mix and match parts. Yeah. Now the question is, what are you doing on that computer? More specifically, what are you downloading on that computer? I don't know what got in my head this past week, mm -hmm. but for some reason, I was really wanting to know what was the most... Uh, what What is the most prevalent traffic on the internet. And for some reason, I don't know why I got into this, but I was thinking about BitTorrent mm -hmm. and I was remembering back to my good old college days at Wake Forest University. And I remember when um, the university was cracking down on BitTorrent sharing and things like that. So for those of you that, that don't necessarily remember, um, BitTorrent is a, is a, is a protocol. It's, it's a, it's a, set of instructions that computer programs use uh, where the, the goal is to, to share files with each other. So basically you take, imagine you had a file, you broke it into 10 parts. It's usually hundreds of thousands of parts, but let's just say 10. Okay. And then you share those 10 parts. And then as everyone gets those parts and makes copies of it, they make those parts available. But when someone else wants to download it, they might get part one from one person, mm -hmm. part two from another person, part three from another person makes a nice little web. So I went diving and found that at one point, at its worst, when BitTorrent was was the, the craziest and, and college students mm -hmm. were sharing, oh, 
uh, I believe, uh, I'll tell you in a second, but it was upwards of 71% of total internet traffic. 71% was BitTorrent. And shockingly enough, uh, I found a report by Torrent Freak, which is a, a torrenting news website. Some of the number one things that were being shared at that time, the movie Cars 2. Huh. Yeah, that was my response too. Also, The Witcher 2, Assassin of Kings. Okay, that one makes sense. That makes a little bit more sense. Although I don't, uh, pull- I, I don't, I don't remember it being that extremely popular game, but it came out like while I was in grad school, so... You know, no, uh, nothing. I, I don't remember anything that came out from that time. I only just played Last of Us that came out when I was at, in grad school. So. I, so it got me thinking, how has it changed to today? Can I throw in another and data point for you? This one please. will blow your mind. There was a point where in a given month the, at the state capital of West Virginia, and this was uh, right before they banned YouTube and Facebook, that like something like... 30 plus percent of internet traffic was related to Farmville. <laughs> There's a West Virginia joke in there also, yeah. probably, but that's, 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 but I, I am, I am too mature to make it. You're too mature to make it. Well, I scoured the internet trying to find these statistics for what it is today. The best that I found is a report from the National Televi- Television Association. Uh, from 2019 that talked about the top 10 uh, categories for internet traffic. And then I found some articles talking about how things a little bit changed during, during COVID. Um, do you want to take a wild stab at what number one is? Uh, Netflix for, this is for, this is for total bytes moved, right? Total bytes of internet net, stream. Netflix okay. or YouTube. Just video streaming, oh, just okay, period, okay, just the category, category traffic, video yeah, streaming. Yeah, video, video streaming is, is, I imagine, far and away. I would be surprised if it's not the majority. Two-thirds. Yeah, yeah by, by, a, by, a, by a country mile, yeah. uh, video streaming, whether it be from Netflix, Hulu, Paramount, YouTube, pick your service, mm-hmm. video streaming by far. And what's interesting is, is there are articles that were making the conjecture that part of the reason that BitTorrent fell off really hard. It went from 71% mm-hmm. to a few years later, about 40% to a, just like another year later to 10 and then almost nothing. Right. Except for us computer nerds who are still using it to, you know, share copies of Ubuntu Linux or something like right. that. That it was the, it was the advent of legal streaming, right. legal music streaming, legal video streaming. And it was just easier to pay your, at the time when Netflix went over to, paid you know video streaming right. services opposed to do you remember when netflix was actually yeah, yeah, dvds yeah, mailed dvds and there was a while where there was a crossover where you got a discount if you had both or something and i remember yeah. this uh, it tripped me out uh, uh, sammy was watching a, a uh, old episode of daniel tiger's neighborhood mm-hmm. and they always have the there's there's the live thing where it's like oh here's a little kid gonna go learn something and the little kid w- goes to a post office see how they sort mail and by gosh, there are Netflix, yeah. those red envelopes in there. I was like, oh, yeah. I know what those Well, are. I think, but, I think uh, a lot of the rise of net, or a lot of the fall off of torrenting, and I don't know, we, we have more to get to, is just that, not, not just the convenience, but the fact that 
for a long time there really wasn't a choice. So like let's say you were watching a serial show like Lost. If you missed an episode and didn't record it on your VCR, you you just missed it. It was it was gone. It might replay it gone. sometime later in the week, but there wasn't an easy way to go back and watch it. And it's it's now if you look almost everything's kind of moved away from procedural to serial. And it's because it's a lot easier to go back and catch up. I mean, they they actually create means to do that because we now have the internet bandwidth to to do that for you know uh, for major companies to do direct streaming rather than you know di- uh, uh, separated out torrenting. Anyway, it, it it is an interesting question that that might be worth looking into to see what the numbers are in a future episode because there is definitely still the. The Netflix, it, I call it the Netflix model, where they release an entire season. Mm-hmm. You know, here it is, drop yeah. it. But then services like Disney Plus, they like to release one a week, try to make it appointment mm-hmm. television. And Amazon Prime does it differently for different shows, yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. And, and I'm sure there's something marketing related that, that's related here because, for instance, when the Marvel shows were coming out on Disney Plus, every week on Wednesday, there would be a social media hit mm. with people talking about the latest episode of Loki or Hawkeye or whatever. Anyway, that that's a future episode going down the list of the rest of the types of traffic and people in case people are curious. Uh, number two is just web, just basic HTTP web, mm. just browsing the web. And that makes up about 13%. Gaming takes up about 8%. Now that takes into account um, Mobile games that are using some internet bandwidth, also your Call of Duties, your mm-hmm. World of Warcrafts, all of those sorts of things. So that's actually a pretty broad I category. That also includes downloading the games because the actual bandwidth games we use live it tends to be fairly low, but like so much so that downloading a several gigabyte game actually uses more data than the typical player uses playing the game. That's unclear from the r- report that's okay. presented right. here. Um, File sharing is split out, mm-hmm. which that's kind of file sharing. Um, number four is social. So just social media. That's about 6%. File sharing, 4%. Uh, marketing, or marketplace shopping, your Etsy's, your Ebay's, your, uh, that comes out to about 2% or 2.6%. Various security and VPN related traffic, about 1.6% at 7th. Uh, messaging protocols, 1.6%. Cloud services that could be everything, but yet it listed its zone and then straight up audio streaming at the very bottom at 10 with just a half a percent. Now, over uh, during COVID, now we might have assumed that things went crazy and things got really, 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 you know, well, I mean, it did. It did. There was a jump. Mm in traffic, um, but it wasn't the jump in down traffic. Unsurprisingly, it was a jump in upstream traffic. Right. Video conferencing. now everyone, because of all the conference uh, software and everyone using Zoom. So uh, the, the reports here state that basically upstream traffic increased 63% um, over the early parts of COVID um, for how much video we were now sending mm-hmm. and that uh the average user was now spending instead of about five gigabytes of upstream traffic um over 10 gigabytes of upstream right. tra- traffic so 
it has come back down in case you're curious in 2020 uh toward the end of 2021 um the rate of internet bandwidth usage did come down it it wasn't growing quite as much mm -hmm. but it turns out that despite anything that happened in covid the number one reason that internet traffic goes up is more people get access to the internet yep yep or more people so get access go. to faster internet yeah that yeah. too so that was my that was my trip down internet statistics lane. I have a few more statistics I'll share with my with my second question. Well, on on the topic, we talked about YouTube, so I'm actually going to switch and do a question that was sort of one of my reserves. Uh if YouTube disappeared, would the videos be saved somewhere or just gone nowhere? That's that's how the question's worded. How does YouTube store its data exactly? So, tackle the first part. The data is stored on physical hard drives. Many, 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 many copies on many. Yeah, on many hard many drives surfers. across several servers that are interacting with that, uh, sharing the data back and forth sometimes. Across several continents. Yeah, across several continents. Uh, several data centers, which are big buildings full of servers that are air conditioned because, as I mentioned earlier, cooling, very important. Um. But yeah, it's uh, so let's imagine that YouTube were no, we're just actually like not existing as a website anymore for a bit. The videos would still be on those those drives might even be on those drives permanently if some of them get pulled out of the machine and thrown away. But the server that you would communicate with would not be accepting traffic or sending new information uh it doesn't automatically delete the hard drives when the website goes down now that said if google were say renting out these data centers if they didn't own them but were leasing them well then whoever's running the data center is probably going to want to find new customers pretty quick for that existing technology right makes sense but now what would actually happen to all those videos? Well, what happened to Vine? Oh, Vine, if you don't hmm. remember, was effectively TikTok before TikTok, except it was before TikTok. Yeah, it, was, um, it was every video had to be six seconds long. Yeah, uh, that was the yep. maximum length. And so like the comedian Bo Burnham had a, had a fairly active Vine, for example. Um, and if you look, a lot of those videos have made their way over to YouTube. And oh, interesting. Now, now, not all of them. Some of them are, of course, lost to the sands of time. But a lot of people, what do they do? I like that video. Let me download it. Oh, hey, that video is oh, gone. Sure. Here, I, I downloaded all Bo Burnham's vines. I made a compilation. Let me upload it to YouTube. And if YouTube goes down, you can expect a lot of that top content you know, either the creator still has the video files themselves, the raw video files, or someone has downloaded them and re-uploaded them to Facebook already, or which is actually a big problem with Facebook that I'm sure we should talk about at some point about how people are stealing content from YouTube, putting it on Facebook, and basically stealing that ad revenue uh, that would generate. Um, but yeah, this is... Uh, it, you know, I, I don't think live streaming video is going anywhere, 
So even if one of the big streaming giants fell, a lot of that content would still survive somewhere. I would suspect, but but at, but Probably. but YouTube itself, you know. I I was looking up flights earlier today, and I went to hipmonk.com. Hipmonk. You went to Hit, where? Hipmonk. It used to be a. Uh, it used to basically pull all the popular um, flying websites in all in one place. Had a really clean interface. I didn't know it. Was I it didn't like, know it died. It's been it's been what tabled. Was it? Isn't that Expedia? It used Expedia. It also used Cheapo Air. It also it used a bunch of different sites and amalgamated the data with their own interface. It, uh- it amalgamated an amalgamator because that's what Expedia kind of did too. Yeah, but it would it would also but for instance, Cheapo Air would sometimes have different uh different flight prices, for example. So it would find the cheaper one of them, but it doesn't exist anymore. The website is gone. If you go now, it's an ad for Concur. What's Concur? It's a expense reporting tool. Ooh, UVA that's... uses it actually. Oh, okay, great. I mean, moving from older systems to newer systems seems to be seems to be a little bit of theme here because you know we moved from BitTorrent to to real to you know legal streaming services. Um, your site that your Hitmonk went away, and people are using something else, and we see the same thing with a lot of other services on mm-hmm. the internet. Um, I mean. Did you have a MySpace? Um, I did, but will you admit to having a no, MySpace? No, I, I, I did. I didn't maintain it, so I, I Facebook was starting to become the thing when I was ending high school. But that was back when you had to have a college email address for it, so it was a bit more exclusive a group. Yeah, and Facebook is what I wanted to talk about. Now we are not going into some of the questionable horribleness that takes place on Facebook. This is more just about <laughs> the nature of the service itself. For those that don't know, the word Facebook actually comes from the it, it and this happened when I was a I was a freshman at Wake Forest. The university would provide a effectively a yearbook except at the beginning of the year that had all the pictures of the people in your class. Mm. And it was the face book that you could use to see who your classmates were. And in thinking about this in 2022 mind, that sounds entirely creepy that that was everything. But then again, I guess we kind of do that digitally already, but still the fact that there was a printed manual here are people you should Mm -hmm. find uh, a little much. Um, But Ever since Facebook initially came, as you said, Facebook initially was just Harvard. Then it was you had to have a .edu email address. It was just for college and and students. it was and then, each college was an isolated network. I couldn't exactly. interact yeah. with my friend, my high school friends who went to Marshall, for example. I couldn't even find them. And, and it was, you know, it was the cool thing. It was the it was the hit. This is where people. This is where people were going. Mm. This is what people did. You know, it was MySpace. No, MySpace is old. Now we're now we're doing Facebook. Just like, well, Vine had its own issues, as in poor management. But it's like, no, now we're doing now we're doing TikTok. And as a matter of fact, Facebook is getting their lunch eaten by TikTok to a degree. Mm. 
in that um, younger users see Facebook as a, how did Obi-Wan put it, a cesspool of villainy? How, yeah. how did he refer to? A cesspool of scum um, and villainy. Thank you. A cesspool of scum and yeah. villainy. And so they're not going to Facebook. And up until now, the user growth chart for Facebook has basically just been an arrow pointing up and to the right. Mm -hmm. They just keep adding users, keep adding users, more daily users. They make so much money on advertising. It's up and up and up. But younger, younger folk, not those that grew up with Facebook when they were in college, who are now in their 40s on Facebook, now doing buy nothing groups and sharing, you know, kid pictures and over and over and over new users are going to TikTok. they're using other apps and so yeah i mean well i mean instagram was, was one that was like starting to supplant facebook a bit until facebook bought it in in an attempt to try exactly. to keep those eyeballs inside there to maintain their, inside their platform wall. monopoly yes and so just a few days ago i see the headline meta which, of course, now is the stupid name of the Facebook parent company. Meta's market value plunges by $230 billion in one day. And I go, oh, my gosh, what in the world happened here? And it said, according to the article, that this was the that they had to report the first ever quarterly decline of daily users globally. And I was like, oh, my gosh. They lost $230 billion. This drop must be drastic. This drop must be horrific. Yeah, it's a drop in the bucket for the company or something like that. Well, it's not a drop in the bucket, but... The original number was 1.93 billion users. Mm -hmm. The drop that precipitated this, this uh, incredible market move, they went from 1.93 billion to one. Point nine two nine billion. Right. And this, well, but this is the issue with platform monopolies. The second it looks like the monopoly starting to fail, your value tanks because you're only profitable as a monopoly. Yeah. Uh, and I think part of the other, part of the other, pro well, the user base certainly is part of the problem. The other thing is, is that, well, Facebook is very eager to try and do other things. Yeah. And apparently they sank um quite a, a few billion dollars into vr yep in their they bought oculus yeah, yeah. They, they well this is just recently right. they're just trying to put more and more money into the oculus vr technology which by the way i i think the oculus vr technology is very good as far as the vr headsets that i've used i now that said i've not used a um oh the shoot Quest? vive oh, index oh. Whichever oh, there's one the, the Steam that, um, Index and, Steam and then index, PlayStation has their own, I think. I don't think it's Oculus. Yes, PS, PSVR is fine. I, yeah. I, I've used one of those. Um, the, the Quest is the, the best one that I've used. And they, I've had lots of Oculus devices because we bought several of them to try and use them have in you classes. Have the Nintendo Switch uh, VR? The one that you make out of a Labo? Yeah, out of, out of, out of, out of cardboard, cardboard and, and strap around your head? Yeah. It is admittedly the one that we have one Labo set that we have not purchased and put together. Although I do have quite a few cardboard Labo things right up there mm -hmm. that you can see in your picture. But it of lets course, you no play one else can see a full 3D version of Breath of the Wild at like 
at well, like six frames per second. Well, how many frames with do like you a really ten foot draw distance? So the question is: Is where where does Facebook go from here? The their user base is aging. Mm-hmm. Quite rapidly, they are not adding more new users to to the base. There are uh, cooler, hipper things that are coming along, and and we see this cycle in technology. You know, every not even every generation. Mm. I mean, it, it, they just it, yeah. We we cycle around to new, new, cooler, brighter, awesomer yeah, things, especially with web traffic until they are spoiled. Yeah. Ever, do you remember <laughs> Dig? Oh gosh, yes. Now D-I-G-G everyone G-G uses Dig, I, right? Yeah. Well, Dig was great. D- Dig had a podcast that went along with it as well, Dig mm-hmm. Nation. And um, I really enjoyed that as well. But it was very it was very similar. Yeah. Um, it, it, it didn't break things down into subgroups like yeah, not yet. Yeah, um, no. Reddit does. But it was a, it was a similar structure. Um, yeah, I mean, it's creative destruction. It's. You know, it, it happens not just in the tech world, I think the the nature of the nature of websites becoming heavily social um in terms of not just their like marketing you know like netflix they have they have social marketing where it's like oh yeah you know you can say like oh i watch this show on netflix but most like websites have even direct social interaction now even when it really isn't fitting with the website like Wordle, oh, Wordle yeah. for example, has an inherent social quality to it. Um, oh, absolutely. And it turns out that that's, that's critical to building a platform monopoly because you're not going to join a competitor when all your friends are on Facebook. But if you get this generational divide where now we have younger people who aren't on Facebook, but they're on TikTok or, you know, Instagram or, or whatever that's where the younger people are going to gravitate because it's it's you know going back way way back to Ziff's law the rich get richer in this scenario in terms of you know you're going to join the social network with your social group in it oh mm. wow we just took yeah. a we took a trip around the internet today we did. didn't we that's lovely oh my gracious I, I should go watch some more of the Olympics. I, I tend to like the Winter Olympics. They're they're fun. I like watching curling because it's peaceful. Why, why isn't basketball Generally. in the Winter Olympics? This is a serious question. I, I, and and I, it's rhetorical in a way because I don't know the answer. But basketball was literally developed to be a sport that people could play indoors during the winter. That was That was the goal of basketball. Sure, but then you can make the same argument about like ping pong or something. I think that or table tennis, excuse me. I I I think the argument here is that for it to be the Winter Olympics, you have to touch something cold, not just you know Mike Shashevsky's heart. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess, yeah. I guess I don't know. There's lots of shooty shoots in, in, in Winter Olympics, too, so I don't know. I yeah, but to you have to cross-country team... ski between it. That's true. I had to, I had to watch several hours of team the team figure skating finals today, so, yeah. And, yeah. I mean, I you know, curling's fun to watch. That is, I want to be very clear, that is not me trying to be funny or ironic. Curling is amazing. No, I, 
curling is great. Curling is curling is is like the hardest version of bocce ball you've ever seen. Curling yeah. is yeah. No, I I'm still shocked at how much they, they just turn it just a little bit. That sucker just still. Mm-hmm. We actually okay. A colleague of ours wanted to take curling lessons at the Charlottesville ice rink um, back in the day, but you had to provide your own stones. Yeah, which those, I imagine, are not and, at all cheap. Uh, it's equivalent of purchasing a, a, a medium-sized yeah. car. Yeah, I assume. Because they have to be incredibly smooth. They have to be a particular type of rock. I think, is it granite? They... they they are. I, oh gosh, this is another. T- this is another we'll question we have up. to look up. I believe they're. I, I believe they're actually like all mined from the same place in Scotland or something like yeah. that. I don't know. I don't know. Well, until we get the another National question. Curling League, well, until we get the yeah. National Curling, we'll just have to. We'll have to just wait until then. But thank you all for giving us an hour of your time. It's been about an hour. It's somewhere in that range. It's great having Will back on. Hopefully that the new machine will be put together by next week. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's that's our that's our goal. And then uh, it, the the audio will be just amazing. I don't know what it is. It'll be George Clooney's voice, not Will McBurney's voice, because it'll just change. I don't know why I chose George Clooney. That was a weird pull. Um, yeah, but, I I don't think that's going to happen. I think my voice is still going to be annoying and and scratchy regardless. I think as long as people can tell the two of us apart, I think that's probably the only thing that really matters. Potentially. Potentially. Well, if you've not had an opportunity to subscribe to the podcast, we would very much appreciate it. You can go to regraderequest.com to find the links to the podcatcher of your choice. Send a friend. Send a tweet. Tell someone else about the podcast. We'd love to increase the number of listeners to the show. Um, if you have a question for us, please reach out hosts at regraderequest.com, Mark, uh, at regraderequest.com or will at regraderequest.com or just Google our names and UVA and you'll find us that way too. It's, it's not, it's not too difficult. Um, hundreds of students find us when we don't want them to find us during the semester. So, uh, I'm sure you can find us as well. So for myself and for professor Will McBurney, take care, be safe and watch falling go especially near that ski jump ramp there is a ski jump in goat simulator isn't there i i don't know i, I don't remember skiing in the game but i only